Welcome to Lit Poetry, the podcast where we go on a journey of discovery, reading, analyzing, and discussing great poetry from around the world. Poetry is worth it because the reading and writing of poetry is a revolutionary act that has the potential to transform both the reader and our world. Picture a champagne bottle being shaken and shaken this way and that. Inside, the pressure rises as its effervescent fizz strains to break free, pushing and pushing at the cork barring its way, until, pop, the top goes sailing through the air and a golden geyser of pure, unadulterated joy and merriment gushes into the world. In some ways, a poem is like an unopened champagne bottle. Inside its lines of words are descriptions of emotions and experiences yearning to break free and empty themselves with wonder into the mind of the reader. This is especially true of poems that try to describe and capture what true experiences of love and life can be like. But too often language itself is like a cork that blocks an experience from ever being truly known or breaking free from the page trapped in its black prison bars of lines. Language, after all, can only ever approach an experience, not be the experience itself. In other words, language will perhaps always be a poor substitute for the thing being described. Which brings us to our poem for discussion today on the Lit Poetry Podcast, If Everything Happens That Can't Be Done, by E.E. Cummings. In this poem, we witness a poet who wants to push language to its limits. A poet who wants to shake the champagne bottle of language with so much vigour that the reader's senses explode into understanding. And he does this all in his quest to give his reader an experience of love and wonder that goes beyond words and reflects the experience itself. Cummings stretches out for words capable of breaking free from the prison bars of ink on the page. He shakes the bottle of language with gusto, breaks the rules of grammar and punctuation, and tries with all his energy to pop the cork. And perhaps, just perhaps, something actually happens. Something is let loose into this world of ours. Why do I think this? Well, you'll need to take a listen to the poem yourself to see what I mean. But if you're anything like me, after listening to this very odd poem, you will feel drenched by its words about love and life, and perhaps you'll even feel a little bit tipsy too. So let's go. May I present you with If Everything Happens That Can't Be Done by E.E. Cummings. If everything happens that can't be done, and anything's righter than books could plan, the stupidest teacher will almost guess, with a run, skip, around we go, yes, there's nothing as something as one. One hasn't a why or because or although, and buds no better than books don't grow, one's anything old being everything new, with a what, which, around we come who, one's every anything so. 
So world is a leaf, so a tree is a bough, and birds sing sweeter than books tell how. So here is a way, and so your is a my, with a down, up, around again fly, forever was never till now. Now I love you, and you love me, and books are shutter than books can be, and deep in the high that does nothing but fall, with a shout each, around we go all, there's somebody calling who's we. We're anything brighter than even the sun. We're everything greater than books might mean. We're every anything more than believe with a spin leap alive. We're alive. We're wonderful. One times one. So before analysing this poem, a few words about the poet himself are probably in order. E.E. Cummings was a very influential poet throughout the first half of the 20th century, and this was largely due to his rather unconventional use of grammar, syntax and form, as witnessed in the poem you've just listened to. His preference for the use of free verse and his wonderful poetic experimentation shaped the trajectory of many poets who followed in his wake. As a young man, Cummings enlisted in World War I and served in the Ambulance Corps in Paris. Later, he was captured and became a prisoner of war. He then returned to the United States in 1918, only to be drafted again, this time into the Army. These wartime experiences affected Cummings and most likely worked their way into his writing in some regard. However, even though he experienced two world wars, he is not really considered to be a war poet. Instead, what can be said about Cummings is that his adventurous life echoed the development of his own adventurous poetic style, a style which valued and honoured the old world while simultaneously pushing into new frontiers. Indeed, Cummings was instrumental in shifting poetry practices, especially later in his career, and he helped to herald in the change from modernity to postmodernity. He was without a doubt a pioneering influence in the growth of a more free-flowing, open-minded and experimental type of poetry that started to experiment with the deconstruction of language. In the poem, If Everything Happens That Can't Be Done, we have a great example of a poet pushing the boundaries of the English language. He does this by creating new words, by combining others, removing capital letters, and simply ignoring any sort of need for punctuation throughout the entire poem. Rather than punctuation, Cummings relied on line length, enjambment, and the natural cadence of his chosen words to create poems with mesmerising rhythms like this one. As a consequence, this particular poem is a powerful example of how poetic play can contribute to a poem's overall effectiveness. Welcome back. 
If everything happens that can't be done, like many other poems by E.E. E. Cummings, breaks just about every rule there is in the English language. But it breaks these rules for a reason. Rather than use controlled, precise and clever language to explore the theme of love and to celebrate the richness of life in this poem, Cummings uses chaotic language that has broken free from its shackles and is thereby pushing closer to the real experiences being described themselves. In other words, the actual experience of love in life is amazing when it's experienced in real life. And this means that conventional forms of expression can never really do it justice. For Cummings, language is like a shadow being cast on the floor from real experiences in life in the sun. Language, in other words, can try to describe an experience, but it will always fall short. It is Cummings' exploration of the elasticity of the English language that makes this poem so magical. It is magical because the poem attempts to bridge the gap between description and experience. And for this reason, this poem is plainly an absolute joy to read. It is just teeming with life and energy. Part of what makes the poem so delightful, in addition to its style, is its subject matter. As I've already mentioned, this poem is about rejoicing in love and the life found around you. But it's also about what can and can't be said in the English language, and twisting that language to try and say what can't be said, despite the fact that it can't be said in the first place. That's a whirlwind of impossibility right there, and the poem as its title suggests, is all about the impossible occurring in brilliant ways. In the poem itself, the speaker seems almost speechless. Sure, he's using all kinds of words, but those words have their limits, and it's those limits that Cummings is emphasising. The speaker tells us that birds sing sweeter than books can tell, meaning that some things in the world just can't be described by mere words in a book, like the beautiful song of a bird listened to in nature. Nevertheless, in the poem, Cummings keeps trying. He really wants to explain the feeling of oneness and connection he finds in life and love, even though this is virtually impossible to achieve through the written word. The poet, of course, is asking something challenging here for the reader. This is because most readers might be intimidated by his lack of grammar and seemingly absurd sentences. However, if we can let go of our grammatical conditioning and snobbery when we read this poem, we're in for a totally new and totally wonderful experience. One which confirms the title of the poem by making things happen in the reader that don't normally happen by stretching them beyond the typical conventions and limitations of language to capture more authentically the feeling of love and wonder the poem is actually interested in. Cummings uses birds and book-related images to convey his opinion that knowledge is better gained from love and life itself than it is from the written word. Of course, the poem in itself remains and always will be very difficult to decipher. The opening line, for instance, appears to be a contradiction, or just plain nonsense. And as the following lines go on, Cummings can seem incoherent to the unsuspecting reader. He writes, Anything's writer than books could plan, and, and buds know better than books don't grow. 
So how can we read meaning into Cummings' poetry here? Well, as already noted, the poet is perhaps making a stance against the type of sense and knowledge offered by books and implies a mysterious unity in life through his wordplay. And it's interesting to note here that Cummings was a little obsessed with the idea of the unity of all things throughout his life. The following lines, nothing as something as one and one's everything anything and we're wonderful, one times one are a case in point. One final thing worth noting about this poem is his play on certain associations, which Cummings uses to draw out emotional reactions in the reader. We see this best in lines which try to pull us away from sense and into merriment. Lines like, with a run skip around we go yes, evoke an innocent and juvenile mindset that we usually associate with words like yes in a celebration. This line has the power to draw us back to some of the joyous moments in our childhood. Similarly, the line, with a down, up, around again fly, evokes a similar sense of joyous movement and momentum. The euphoria and pure joy that moments of real love and celebration in life can bring to people is captured by Cummings in this poem, in the most remarkable of ways that's hard to put into words on a podcast. Ah, the power of poetic expression. So it's time to wrap things up and say goodbye. I hope you enjoyed this week's poem and I look forward to next week's episode where we'll be featuring a poem by T.S. Eliot. Let's finish by listening one more time to the poem. And don't forget to shake that champagne bottle in your own life in the weeks to come. You never know what might burst free. If everything happens that can't be done, and anything's righter than books could plan, the stupidest teacher will almost guess, with a run-skip, around we go yes, there's nothing as something as one. One hasn't a why, or because, or although, and buds no better than books don't grow, one's anything old being everything new, with a what, which, around we come who, one's every anything so. So world is a leaf, so a tree is a bough, and birds sing sweeter than books tell how. So here is a way, and so your is a my, with a down, up, around again fly, forever was never till now. Now I love you, and you love me, and books are shutter than books can be, and deep in the high that does nothing but fall, with a shout each, around we go all, there's somebody calling who's we. We are anything brighter than even the sun. We're everything greater than books might mean. We're every anything more than believe. With a spin leap alive, we're alive. We are wonderful, one times one. You've been listening to the Lit Poetry Podcast. 
presented by James Laidler. For more podcasts, poetry videos, and other useful resources, visit our website at www.litpoetry.com. Thanks for listening.